Welcome to another episode of Million Dollar Stories, where we get to interview authors from all over the world. Uh, I love talking to authorpreneurs. I mean, they've gone through something, they have learned a little bit about business development, and they're going to share it with you guys listening or watching, whether you're on Spotify or on, on, the, on the Facebook group or on one of the social media channels. Um, I think you're in for a real treat, especially if you want to take control of your life and get your mind right. The book that we're talking about today is called Peak Performance, Mindset Tools for Entrepreneurs. And we have one of the authors here today. Uh, this is our second author that is in that we talked about this book. This is a very popular book out there. But Ellie Tabibian is here to share some of the mindset tools that you may want to implement right away. So thank you so much for being here, Ellie. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, well, Mike. I already know what type of person you are when you compliment the flag behind me here. So I like you already, but uh, <laughs> give people a little background on who you are and why you wrote this book or why you were a part of this. Yeah, who I am. I am a Gallup certified Clifton Strengths coach. What that may not mean anything to you guys, what happens with everyone who doesn't know who they are through the lens of their talents is. We go through our day frantic, let's chase the next meeting, finish those emails, and clock is ticking. We're just scrambling to get the day done, and then we go to bed with our best work left inside us. And then we go, did what I do really, really matter? And when you're leading like that yourself and you're the team that you got, they're also just scrambling. It's as if you're driving without your headlights on without the roadmap of your inner talents and your strengths, you hit the grind, you're you're looking elsewhere, there's something divine in you that's not being fulfilled, not for you, not for your team, and, not, and it's gonna affect your customers. So a little bit about me, I used to be a school psychologist before. I, all I knew was I love to help. Little did I know how I like to help. So I was in schools and when I had to label students with disabilities or make very slow and gradual progress, alarm bells went off in my head and I became quiet. I became mm. agitated and I didn't know why. I was fixated on what's right with people and not what's on wrong with them. So, and then I saw like, not just the disabled kids not thriving, even those gifted students were rolling their eyes and I, I knew it wasn't a great place to be with school. So I went back to career education to learn about how people really thrive in a world of work and can make great things happen. It was when I took that Clifton Strengths assessment and I saw I have Maximizer my, as my number one talent out of 34. That's a talent that has a bias towards greatness and sees everything through the lens of strengths and cannot turn it off. You, Mike, also have something like the ridge of your nose, you're not even aware of it, that can deliver excellence and an aha moment and make others feel amazing when you're aware of it and you communicate it. But until you do, you're driving around with your, without your GPS. You're stuck in first gear. I know you're doing great things with a flag in the background and your podcast. You are making great things happen. But we don't know how far we can go unless we know our highest talent. Wow. Yeah. And I think you were referencing, it's almost like your flow state, right? When you yeah. find your flow state, work doesn't feel like work anymore. And no. so I have met many people who absolutely love work. I'm one of them and I am in my flow state. It's like, there's a client we worked with. He wrote a book called Your Perfect Average Day. 
And mm-hmm. my perfect average day includes me becoming a little bit more successful with my business and my own personal development journey. So without mm-hmm. work, without this struggle, I am not fulfilled. And so yeah. I need to work and I need to build something. And uh, mm-hmm. whenever I was able to associate work and play as the exact same thing, yeah. my mind was free. My life became more simple and my success started to skyrocket. So is that what you're referencing? Yes. Yes. And your career well-being will affect the other four elements of well-being that we have. There's financial, there's social, there is community well-being, and there's physical well-being. So when you love your work, it has ripple effects in all the other areas of well-being. And so do you help people find that greatness inside of them now? Yes. almost unlock it because it's there right everybody's born with a talent everyone has highest uh, ranked talents you're not meant to be well-rounded especially if you have like someone loves to learn and they just love to keep improving that is one talent but you're not meant to be well-rounded because if you try to be great at everything you just become blob you don't want to be average you don't want to be a blob you're more like a star with peaks and edges of talent. I like that. Find out yeah. who you are and do more of that. And mm. do the same with those you lead and your employees because the number one reason used to be you leave you leave a bad boss. You know, they're jerks and you just can't be around them. The second most important reason why people leave are not having the opportunity to learn and grow. So when you don't position your employees in a way that they can learn and grow and develop in their careers and through the lens of their strengths, they're looking elsewhere. You're not keeping your star employees and it's costing you money by hiring somebody new. And it's also affecting your customers and financial bottom line. Wow. And so as a leader, it's very much in alignment with it's your job to create other leaders, but it's also your job to inspire and motivate them to produce the best version of themselves. Yes. Yes. And there's back to your flag back there. There is freedom in being yourself. Yes. And you can be more innovative, productive, engaging when you're you. Then you might ask, who am I? What is the real me? My favorite way to showing up as the real you is through the lens of your strengths, your top five talents on that strengths assessment. Because there are lots of parts to who we are, but there are parts of us that we, like you say, we are in the flow zone. We don't know where time went, but it's through those strengths that you are delivering value for yourself and others. You're making great things happen and they're tied to success. So do you help people take inventory of their strengths? Because a lot of people don't even know what they're good at, right? Yeah. Yeah. We go about our days mostly like the best guess to what or what our career should be someone thought oh you know like lawyers are making this amount of money in this field or i like stability and maybe i'll be an accountant and that's just very very minimal you need to know who you are through the lens of your strengths to make that career change and to help others grow Hmm. it's a lot easier than we make it sometimes but it takes most people four or five tries at a career before they figure it out So if I could uh, equate what you just said to my life, I think that I knew I wanted to become an entrepreneur whenever I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but that was in 2008, 2000, yeah, 2008. 
I did not really achieve any type of success for eight or nine years because it was, oh. okay, I kind of know the destination, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. It was whenever I broke everything down to simplicity mm. and, and then also if this doesn't even work out and maybe I don't become a billionaire, but what could I be proud of on my deathbed that I was yes. able to do for the rest of my life? And I would yes. say, I said to myself, this is a true story. I, if I help people tell true stories, I am happy with just that. And that might be the key that unlocked the door to yes. the life that I have now, where it I didn't think about money or survival. I thought about what could I be proud of on my deathbed? True stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is what maybe set me free. Is that what you help people yes. do? True stories. I love that. Based on who you already are. So when you go to your deathbed, you don't you leave the world, you leave the world kind of empty on the inside because you've already given who you are at your best to others and in your workplace. So you don't go to your gravesite empty. I mean, you do want to go empty when you've given all your best in this world that we're in right now. Mm. How did you discover that true stories are very important to you? I grew up watching documentaries and being just fascinated with uh, historical figures. So Mm. I would find myself staying up at night watching true stories with my mom or watching uh, documentaries about Mike Tyson or Billy the Kid with my dad. And I just, I just, an evil can evil. I just just loved learning about these people. Like these superheroes basically were just real people. Right. And so I just, I loved maybe putting it all together to say, what could I draw from that and apply to my own life? So I kind of feel like Billy the Kid out there. Mm. (laughs) That's probably the best way to explain it. No, it's awesome. I think being playful is something we've also forgotten to do in, in the world of work and in our lives. So if you can be playful with who you are, the freedom that you experience with that element that's so important as human beings, that we're not just here to go to work and make a profit and go to bed at night. That playfulness, that fierce curiosity that you had, Mike, to learn about these leaders, Mike Tyson and everybody else, that is also very important for peak performance. Fierce curiosity. I think we've lost that. Be fiercely curious about yourself, the impact you want to make, and be fiercely curious about those who you lead. Who are you? Like, go with a sense of, okay, you came into my workplace today. Who are you and how are you going to make your impact today? Which of your talents will you use to meet our mission? And it becomes more about their talents and how you can tie it to why the organization exists. Are you a Carl Jung fan? In the earlier stages when I was miserable as a school psychologist, yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So so maybe not now, is that right? Right now, I have other fans. Um, I'm I'm getting inspiration from all sources. Just, yeah. But I, I draw everything together. When you talk about um, historic figures, Mike, the Don Clifton is one of my heroes. He served he served during World War II. I think he was a pilot. And he wanted to study, after he left um, his work as a veteran, he wanted to study the most historic figures to see what made them successful. And in all of his research, he saw there are 34 ways of how we naturally think, feel, and behave 
that are tied to success. And that's how he developed the Clifton Strengths. It used to be called Strengths Finder, but that's how he created that assessment. And a, a wonderful quote by him is excellence is never achieved by minimizing mistakes. Excellence is more likely to be achieved by maximizing strengths. Oh, man. Yeah. So keep doing what you do. Yeah, I've never heard of him, so i got to look that up. But the reason why I ask about uh, Carl Jung is because he talks about the shadow. And when things go wrong and you uh, you hit these ground zero moments in your life, yeah, that is whenever you confront your shadow. That's when you find out who you really are. And I will say mm-hmm. that in 2017, it was the darkest period of my life, but it really did expose who I am whenever mm-hmm. all the chips are gone. Friends, wow. family, money, right? Mm-hmm. Who am I without all that other stuff? And once I had that answer, that's when I was able to rebuild my life the the proper way. So I think, in my opinion, maybe this doesn't have to happen to everybody, but I think for you to find out who you really are, everything kind of has to be stripped away. And Jordan Peterson has this great quote. You know what's scary when you start stripping things away? You find out there's only a little bit left that you like. And most of you is dead wood. But that core piece of who you are is alive and well. Mm-hmm. That may sound scary that most of you has to die for a little bit of you to grow and, and, and flourish. So um, I think a lot of you has to die. And for that to happen, you have to hit these ground zero moments in your life. What do you say about that? There are systems we get into that don't serve us. Systems that a lot of us are like entangled in. Systems, maybe part of our family, the culture we're in. Um, there are a lot of like expectations. All of those do have to die. Yes. And I, I myself had my personal experience with doing away with a lot of my history, being an Iranian woman that limited me in so many ways. Um, so that, in a sense, did have to die, but I carry the best parts of that with me. For you, do you mind sharing a little bit more about that, about your shadow and how you came <laughs> to realize who you are? Yeah. So 2017, um, the girl that I was dating left me. Uh, I, I remember saying in a car ride after an event, I'm like, listen, I'm not really connecting with my friends anymore. I'm starting to think for myself and I can't believe they're thinking this way. And all the mm-hmm. books that I'm reading is leading me to this path. And I remember saying like, you're, you're the only one still in my life. That's, that's like, you know, 100% all there. And, and that I want to hang on to. And yeah. once that was away, it was like, I have nothing. But then again, I'm looking at my bank account. It's dwindling. I have basically no money. My credit cards, $300,000 in debt. I'm about to lose my house, my electric bill. All I mean, everything's crashing down. And uh, that's whenever you kind of, Humble yourself. Wait a second. I tried all of this stuff on my own. I was the good guy, right? I was a super sweet individual. And here I am getting shit on by this world. Well, I now have to take accountability for all of these mistakes. I got me here. Now I'm going to get myself out of this. So then it humbled me. I remember kneeling down in front of a cross. I asked God, am I supposed to be doing what I'm doing right now? And a sign came to me and it was basically a sale from a customer that kept the lights on for a little bit longer. Mm. And holy smokes, did I dive into my faith? Did I dive into my resources? I have, uh, you know, my, my work ethic. I used my anger as fuel 
And I rebuilt not only my business, but myself in a way that was a lot different than what I've done in the past. So I was a little bit more of a risk taker. Yes. Um, I was a little bit more courageous on what I posted on social media, authentic, transparent. And I'm telling you, I faced dragon after dragon. And if I didn't have that anger behind me, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Thank you for sharing that. I heard from you that it took a divine help, perhaps. Absolutely. That helped you. I that's a very common way to get in touch with who we really are and what's important to us, the dark side and the shadows. It's very common, but it doesn't have to be. Because I believe God gave us this rank order of talents for a reason. And you are to make your mark in the world with your talents and not mine. And they're with us, some of them at such a young age, and we're not even aware of it. You don't have to destroy so many parts of your life to have that awakening to to make a better business or a better life for yourself. There's just needs that hunger when you go to bed at night. Was my work valuable? Did, Did I really do what matters? And if you have that hunger to do more and grow others, don't wait until your life, you, you have less fun. Start now. Mm-hmm. You know, the sooner you get in touch with who you really are, the more fulfilled you be. You don't have to suffer until you get there. Sounds like you are also applying the start with the end in mind and then work your way backwards. So do you think a lot of people, most people, I would say, are just living day to day in survival mode? Well, I've yeah. been going to this job for five years. I'll just keep doing it because I'm not really super happy, but I'm not desperate, right? So it's just okay. And so without that chink in the armor or without yeah. that br- that chain broken, you really never notice how much of a zombie you are. So mm-hmm. um, you these questions don't just come to anybody. I think it has to, I think it has to hit a brick wall. Do these people have to ask themselves questions day after day for a long time to get very clear on who they want to become or where they want to go? Do they have to ask it every day? No. Once they uncover who they are at their best, their highest potential through the lens of talent and strengths, then they say, what will I do with the strengths that I've been given to make my business better, to make my team better, to be a better leader and affect my customers? Then you ask different questions of your strengths. How can I increase engagement with my staff to show up that they're more excited and enthusiastic to to show up tomorrow? When you start asking questions on growing your staff and growing yourself, they become unstoppable. Hmm. You said before that you stopped focusing on what was wrong with somebody and started focusing on what was right. It's amazing how what you focus on grows. So is it also a a pretty eye-opening experience when you realize that a lot of people's strengths are some somewhat shunned in this society. You know, yeah. I think people think ADD is a bad thing. Well, I'm telling you, every entrepreneur that I've ever met, huh? for the most part, is ADD. So I yeah, think and they're they, very creative. Very so creative, of, yes. They're extremely creative. They can make like seemingly irrelevant things completely relevant, and they create something new from that. And no one would have thought about that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. We are not taught in school to really think creatively, to be ourselves, to deliver our unique value. We're just boxed and labeled and limited in so many ways. So I think this tool should be available as young as possible so we don't 
put ourselves through this conveyor belt of go get a job and come home. It's not a job. Is there any story or any person that sticks out in your mind that you went confronted and started to uh, maybe unlock some barriers and uh, you saw a completely different person a year later where they were financially successful, they were in better shape, they had better relationships, anything that was like, because I think it's all internal work, right? Carl Jung has a great quote, those who look outside dream, those who look inside awake. And so you need to look internally to figure out what the problem is. And most likely if if it's in you, that's actually a very good blessing because that means you can fix it. So did you do that for anybody? I love that question. The reason not to look at what's broken. Doctors are trained to clinically look at what's broken about their patients, diagnose everything wrong with them. They're not taught to look at their leadership style. They're not taught to look at what's right with the staff that they hire. So they don't hire the right people and they can't retain them. In this dermatology practice that I worked in, the doctor was overwhelmed. Um, Everybody's overwhelmed, shifting roles. The wife is burnt out. And he was a great doctor, but they could not keep their staff. It wasn't until he learned the number one thing besides strengths is to know, be very clear on 12 things that make or break organizations. We had to do a state of the team assessment to see where are they doing well in terms of their engagement with, hey, I know what's expected of me at work. That number one question, if you don't, if your employees don't know what's expected of you at work, everything else suffers, even their strengths suffer. So they had to get clear on who's doing what, when with the roles. And they needed to feel like they're cared about as a person. They're not just an employee showing up at the dermatology practice but they really cared about them as a person. Even having a best friend at work, it seems silly and dumb. Like, yeah, okay, I have a good friend. No, it has to be a best friend. When they started developing best friends, they became much more creative. They covered each other's backs. There were less safety incidents and their engagement went up. They were able to start keeping their star employees and their their practice is now growing. Wow. So- Everyone is now showing up with much more clarity. They know how to show up in a way where the patients come into the clinic office. It's a different experience from the moment they walk in. So they're not just there to get their skin fixed, but I'm having a great experience. They can communicate why this procedure is expensive excellently. They can make the long wait times to be seen worth it. So all of that, when you use your strengths and those 12 elements that make or break organizations, affects your bottom line. Make me think of that great quote by Dr. Joe Dispenza, your personality creates your personal reality. Have you ever heard that quote before? Yes, I love that guy. Yeah, me too. And uh, I think that the more I put my personality on display, uh, I was rewarded for it. Now that's scary Mm, for some. Tell me more. So- my my business was struggling 2017, 2018, because I was just saying, hey, if you need a book, we'd love to help you out with a book. Trying uh-huh. to get everybody, right? If you just yeah. have a book, we'll take you. Oh, I don't care. Oh, you know how to hold a camera? Come join our team. I was not putting my personality on full display everywhere. And that, that hurt me because I was attracting the wrong type of clients. Yes. Not all of them, but some of them were completely against what I believed. Right. And, and then team members, people would come uh-huh. and work with us as writers, 
who yeah. did not share my core values. Yeah. And I kept thinking to myself, what can I do to fix this? Oh, mm -hmm. you know what? I just got to be uh, milk toasty. I got to be PC. I got to be the guy who is sort of just, you know, an average entrepreneur just to trying to attract sales and workers. When I flipped that and I put my personality on full display, I pushed away the wrong ones and I attracted the right ones. So better team members, better writers, better clients. And it was, it was game on after that. So I think what you're saying there is that the moment you can like be yourself, your energy is on display. And what's wild is that the more you do that, you attract like-minded people. Yes. Can you yes. maybe talk about that phenomenon? When the more transparent you are and the more accountable you are to what's real to you in a very explicit way, here's where I'm, here's how I thrive. You say that. And here's how I struggle. And here's how you can support me and I can support you. Look at the kind of people, the way the others will be accountable as, as well. The, the expectation is raised for more accountability to be more of themselves. But it starts with a leader. Everything starts with a higher up. 70% of how everybody else shows up depends on how you show up. Oh, man. <laughs> Guys, take I've note never, of that. That's awesome. Mike, I've done a few podcasts and I'm on Zoom all the time. And I feel the realness in you like I haven't experienced with anybody else. There's something extremely genuine curious and open that becomes very very exciting and you just want to keep exploring to see where else that goes and that's where we need to be as humans that intense curiosity i appreciate that curiosity is an absolute superpower there yeah. is no doubt about it and mm -hmm. and i think the most interesting man in the world in the room i guess most interesting man in the room at all times is the one who's the most interested if you yes. ask good well questions said. right well said it's in your eyes. I don't know what it is. I, I can tell in someone's eyes if they're paying attention or how excited they are about life or mm -hmm. if I want to follow them into battle. So something in our core, right, at our very deepest sense of our biological nature, we can sense it in their body language, in their eyes, in their tonality, everything. And I think yeah. that's crucial. So therefore, just be aware of that when you walk on stage or whenever you get on a podcast, because mm -hmm. your energy, whether you realize it or not, is being sensed. And I'm glad you're able to sense that. Absolutely. You say follow them to battle. So perhaps words really matter to you. You bring words to life. Yes. Oh, that's and you might as be leading with communication as one of your top five superpowers. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, the more I did this, I started to realize how important it was to articulate my thoughts and be very clear, say things mm -hmm. in five words rather than 10 words. Yeah. And I was, uh, it was more effective. So being able to articulate your solutions to the world will directly impact your income. And I realized the power of communication. So I was not always great at this. I think mm -hmm. I became better the more I realized that um, I'm a creature of habit and all I needed to do was do it over and over and over and over. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you love it, absolutely. But there are times where our talents can also get in our way to be more wordy and they they have watch out. My third talent is called intellection. And for many years, I got too complicated with 
saying what needs to be said or explaining a situation. Even communication has watch outs if you lead with that. People who have that high will talk too much. They're not listening enough. So even though they are our superpowers and we can deliver excellence with them, we're not aware of how they can make us vulnerable. So as leaders, we need to know about our vulnerabilities as much as our the value we bring with those talents. Hmm. So I, I look at um, people ask me about like, hey, how do you become an entrepreneur? I'm so, how did you take the jump, right? It's so scary. Well, I believe if we're able to break us down to the, the, the biological, the, the smallest version of ourselves, everybody's afraid of something. It's just, yeah. what are you afraid of? So I'm afraid of being on my deathbed and not being able to say, I put it all on the line. I went after my dreams, right? I am, I am not afraid of, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, right? I, yeah. I, I am not afraid of looking like a failure in front of my friends and family, but most yeah. people are. So we're all afraid of something. Yeah. And so it choose your fears wisely is pretty much my philosophy. Do you agree with that? That sounds like Patrick, Beth, Beth David. <laughs> yeah. You, you read and listen to the same people that I do. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Okay. Because there's some, there's a better way. Okay, because he's he's about choosing your enemies wisely. I like that. Okay. Yeah, there's a better way. I had a client who is 19 years in recovery. He was in foster care most of his life. He became a math teacher in the most low-income area of, of LA. He made math incredibly meaningful for these low-income kids, but there was a bigger calling in him, and he wanted to jump from being a math teacher to get into the business of teaching math in a more global way. And a lot of fears came up. So rather than think about his deathbed and embracing that and choose their fears wisely, we did the strengths assessment. When you know who you are through the lens of strengths, you map out who you were and where you are going with those strengths, and it becomes seamless. There's no disruption. There's a part of you that cannot be disrupted. Your past, present, and future are through your highest potential in the lens of strengths. You're talking about the hero's journey, I think. That's you've what read a lot like. of books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the hero's journey, right? I, I think the, and you have put your thoughts down on, on a piece of paper and made it a part of a book. The individual out there who writes a book has to dissect where they were, where they're at now and where they're going. It's just yeah. part of it especially if it's nonfiction. And therefore, if you are teaching a lesson and yep. telling a story, you will have to do some introspection and connect the dots of what got you from there to here and with the choices that you've made. So yep. the moment you do that, you will realize all of the adversity, everything that you went through actually brought the best out of you. That yes. means if you realize that you're on this hero's journey, you will not be afraid of the adversities that lay in front of you. Am I right? You will not Absolutely. be afraid of failure because you know deep down inside, it will serve you in the end. Your suffering matters. And if you bring that, <laughs> if you bring that as a leader into the world of work and you're transparent about how you've have you've been hurt, how you've struggled, as I said before, that transparency will inspire those you lead to be open with how they struggle and where they've struggled and they can be more fully human but they're also accountable to your business with the strengths they've been given so mm -hmm. i'm not going to let you just stay in struggle 
but these are what are your superpowers are and tell me how are you going to do this to increase our sales or how are you going to use these when when a customer walks in the door how are you going to make everybody's day be better than it was when they first came in okay so somebody out there right now is listening or watching and they have uh, 10 people that works for them right yeah uh how can they get the best out of their team uh i'm even thinking of it from a selfish standpoint because is it all about tolerance is it about patience is it about being your full true self on display and hoping that it oh. just rubs off on them or can you give us some insight on what you recommend that's the them? first step you don't want to just hope there are daily actions you can take one of the very important things is to is to give frequent meaningful feedback so employees hate to be ignored. If you give stop and just for a minute or maybe a minute to 10 minutes once a week with each person, give them frequent and meaningful feedback, ask them questions. And they want to also feel like they're more than an employee. They're a human being. They feel cared for. The other thing you need to do is give uh, recognition that matters to them. So not everyone wants to be recognized by being promoted to the next level. Some people want to just be recognized for doing having having a win day exactly how they did it. Give me more opportunities to be in my genius zone. Some people want to be recognized privately, like, hey, you know, can, can I take you out for whatever? You, you, you did amazing work today. So each person has a unique way of wanting to be recognized. Mm -hmm. So recognize the unique needs of each person. Feed that need through the lens of their strengths and that frequent feedback and have meaningful conversations with them at least one to 10 minutes a week. Something I want to implement eventually across the board is the uh, personality test. And I think it would be crucial for even our writers to take, but mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's a value add because it does give you a clear picture. Maybe not everything, but um, whether it is the, uh, what is it? The Briggs the Briggs test, and there's another one out there. But do you recommend these personality tests Only, within any organization? I'm certified in Myers Briggs. I don't love it the way I love Clifton Strengths. Myers Briggs gives you a type. It's interesting, and it, it can be a fun activity, a fun training. Clifton Strengths will show how your employees show up at their best, how they deliver excellence. It's very empowering, and when you have a common language around strengths, there's nothing better. One of the applications is you get the best of me when you'll get the worst of me when <laughs> you can count on me too. And this is what I need from you. Mm. I don't know of any other personality test that will give you that vernacular. Oh, I got to look that up and start to implement that. Yeah. One, one day, uh, not too long ago, um, an individual who's very close to me, her name is Ashley. She came to me and she, she said something to me after a very difficult day. Hey, I don't know if you realize this, but this job gives me such purpose mm -hmm. and, uh, yes. and, and to take that part of away from me would just kill my soul. And I remember almost breaking down in tears, but I'm like, wow, I need to hear that. Right. I need to see how much this impacts you. Therefore, I understand your journey a little bit more. So I need that as a feedback. And it's not even just great for me to know that about them. Um, I think it's important for them to know that about me of what's important. So, wow, that, that does give on me that, a bit of an eye-opening eye uh, On that note, yeah, sorry to interrupt. There's a lot of value in that. How can you make that day or that moment where she felt like she has purpose happen more frequently? 
you can get like crystal clear on how that was brought upon and how can you make that more happen and then on the on your receiving end if you like that recognition from her perhaps you need recognition as a way of gauging how you're making your mark in the world something big you might need to do something with a legacy leave a legacy do something on a, on a bigger why a bigger picture and her that kind of attention is a gauge for you to see if you're getting there. Yeah. That could be the talent of significance. Hmm. It's an yeah. influencing talent. What um what 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 book stands out in your life as as outside of the one you rec- recommended already? Is there one that uh, puts you on this path or get you to fall in love with just entrepreneurship in general. I mentioned earlier, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is the one that set me free. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was never the same since then. So is there anything mm-hmm. like that that's uh, that's important to your life? Well, I'll share one directly related to business. I have others, but the one that's most business relevant is called It's the Manager by Gallup. How regardless of industry, no matter what work you're doing, employees are not looking for a boss. They're looking for a coach to develop who they are. And in that book, there are very practical, tactical ways of starting a conversation, giving a meaningful performance evaluation. That dread that people have when they have their next eval is is one of the most like soul killers. So it asks you, you know, what do you like to do here? What how can you do more of that? How do you see your career growing in the future? There are other things that people are looking for. Instead of a paycheck. They're looking for purpose, for example. Oh, that's so good. It's yeah. You just said it it, it. it hits home because uh, the more I focus on my health and 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 my personal development, it's wild how team members will ask me about, "Hey, what do you think about this drink? Do you like do you like this, or do you what do you think about this food?" And it's like, yeah. wait a second, I'm your boss. Do you really care about what I think about that? No, I'm I'm giving them some insight on how I live because maybe they've seen uh, a change over the past year or two that inspires them. And so you yeah. are as a leader, and I don't care how big the organization is, any leader is a coach rather than a boss. That's it. They need to be. That's what everyone's looking for, especially the Gen Zers. The younger ones need to have purpose. They're, they have a lot of values that are different from the millennials and the Gen Xs. So you need to know what they value. And if you can make work more purpose-driven for them, you'll keep them longer. And whenever they pick up this book, Peak Performance, it, do you have a specific chapter? Is it basic, basically exactly what you outlined in this talk today? Or is there anything else that is going to be relevant within this book whenever they they read it? What would no, they, they get? Up? There are lots of tools to reach peak performance. My chapter is called Peak Performance Rocket Fuel for Entrepreneurs. Clifton Strengths, sorry, Rocket Fuel for Entrepreneurs. And I do believe that's your rocket fuel, your highest talent. So there are a lot of great authors in that book with their experience on how to achieve and reach peak performance. I appreciate, you know, so many ways I didn't know before. Because of my maximizer lens, I am every very biased towards strengths. So that's where I think you should go. Don't don't go towards if you have a learner curiosity, you'll explore 100 things. Pick one and serve others with that. 
You know, yeah. it's not about it. It's as much about them as it is about you. And going to bed at night knowing you delivered value in a way that really matters. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Where if they spread themselves too thin and they do too many things at once, the market identity gets gets lost, right? Yeah. And it's not just market identity, but their own internal identity and then team yeah. identity. What what yeah. is this person doing? Where are they going? And when I realized that, it, it it made me really dive into this bookman identity. All right, <laughs> we're gonna build a company around authors and entrepreneurs, and that's it. And if you do all kinds of other stuff, I may be able to help you, but I'm not gonna promote that. And so, as I became very specific with the words I've used in my marketing campaigns and my emails yeah. and all that in my books, it did serve us. So when you are laser focused. Yes. Other people appreciate that and they know where you're going and they want to be either with you or maybe not with you. They want to know if it's a yes or no right out of the gate. That clarity for them will serve you in the end. Those are anchors as you're describing. So if you're diffuse, you don't have anchors. When you're laser focused, you give others an anchor and that creates stability. I'd love to have you back on. We could talk for hours. Yeah. So, you know, please, sure. please come back on soon. Um, your website, ellietabibian.com. What will they find there? I It needs updating. They might find like there's an eagle flying because I love eagles and the freedom that that represents. So if you see that eagle, it's because I love freedom. But it's initially I wrote, I developed the chapter, the website based on people who are struggling with imposter syndrome. I've helped a lot of women in the STEM field. It's about that. It's career development and it's about consultation. My work with medical practices needs to be added onto that. So it's it, it's a work in progress. Last question I have. For, last question I have for you made me think of something. Um, to me, my career is very, very important to me. And uh, that is what gives me purpose. Is that yeah. across the board? Is that different from men to women? Is it is it pretty common for that to happen? Is it changing as time goes on? What do you think about that? It's as old as time as human beings need a purpose. You know, that never, between men and women, all of us need a reason to wake up to, to affect the world we're in. And one of the things we didn't talk about, it could be in our next call together, is being around the tribe of people that share your interests. So that's universal, whether you're man or woman, Gen Z or, or, you know, Gen Xer. Everyone needs purpose. And your values, as they change over time, that could change your purpose. But we all need a reason to wake up and affect the world with who we are in our in our most genuine way. Mm. Just, I, I think it's just crucial to... Uh to constantly be working on something, right? And building something that you're very yeah. proud of. I just yeah. interviewed a guy who is a specialist on an individual named uh, William Jenkins. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he was a, uh, have you ever heard of this entrepreneur? I've heard the name. Yep. William Jenkins uh, was a business magnet in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And it's very much the Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie story where he spent most of his life building incredible businesses. And then the last piece of his life, giving it all away. And mm -hmm. so whether it is building a business or career, it's almost the servant mindset. You serve that. others through business or now that I've reaped all the rewards before I escape this world and go on to the next, let me give it all away and serve the many. Yes. Go to your gravesite empty. 
Give it all away. That's great. You're only here for a short time. So uh, make it worthwhile. I always say that life is short, make it count. So uh, um, this has been an honor to talk with you. I know that we could talk forever on Carl Jung or Frederick Nietzsche or Dr. Jordan Peterson or yes. Dr. Joe Dispenza. We could David. <laughs> yes. So guys, please check out our book, especially her chapter, Peak Performance, Mindset Tools for Entrepreneurs. And go to our website, elietabibian.com. And social media, what's the best channel to get a hold of you? Is it Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Good deal. LinkedIn is better than my website at the moment. Good deal. So check her out. A yep. wealth of knowledge and obviously shares the same core values of freedom and, mm -hmm. and the importance of getting your mind right. Because if you get your mind right, you can get everything right. It's great. Yes. Stay intensely curious. Oh, love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ellie. And remember, guys, a million dollar book will lead to a million dollar life. Right on.